Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. It's great to be with you as I'm with you each and every week night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific on these very networks. Uh, also uh, coming to you on our digital platforms, whether that's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, or the award-winning Sirius XM app. Uh, it is great to be with you, and I would be remiss if I didn't welcome to the show our men and women in uniform around the world, uh, listening courtesy of the American Forces Network. This is the world's most distributed soccer show. We are all over the United States. We are all over the world, uh, courtesy of American Forces, and of course, uh, Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. This show, we talk about the global game, all aspects of the global game, never afraid to speak the truth, never afraid to say it like it is. If you've known me on the air over the last 20 years, you will know I am no corporate shill. You will know I am no talking point for Major League Soccer. You will know I don't care if I ever get another free sandwich in the press box at an MLS or other sporting event game. So, folks, if I piss off the man, I couldn't care less. Couldn't give a rat's backside, a rodent's rectum. The truth is more important than a free sandwich, trust me. Well, unless you're very hungry, in which case, maybe. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Let's talk football truth. Let's talk it right here, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Once again, Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Fifth Street Sports Talk. That's where you can find me, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, Monday through Friday. we got a big show today. We are brought to you and presented by our good friends, betonline.ag. Encourage everyone to head over to betonline.ag. It's a great place. You can still make bets. Lots of wonderful sports for you to have fun with. All right, I'm going to step aside, take a break, and we'll be right back to kick it all off right here on Fifth Street Soccer. <laughs> Hey, uh, while you're waiting out this pandemic at home, while you're listening to us here on Fifth Street Soccer, you can still have some fun, though, betting a betonline.ag. Look, there's no NBA, there's no NHL, there's no MLB. As of right now, uh, you might think there's nothing to bet on, but don't worry, with Bet Online, they still have hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. And never fear, the Bundesliga returning this weekend. You can bet the full slate of Bundesliga matches at betonline.ag. Not only that, but eSports, American Idol, Big Brother, the elections, $750,000 poker series at betonline.ag. They're still fun to be had. Go to betonline.ag, use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag. And use the promo code MYPOD100. All right, welcome back to the show, Fist Street Soccer. 
I'm your host, Nick Gieber. We are presented by betonline.ag, as I said earlier. And I'd like to welcome in Kartik Krishnaya. Uh, Kartik, great to have you with me. Uh, some massive news since we last spoke, Kartik, regarding the U.S. women's national team losing the main pillar of their lawsuit against U.S. soccer, that of equal pay, the uh, appeals judge, uh, the judge in the case uh, granting U.S. soccer's summary judgment against the women, uh, basically agreeing with U.S. soccer that, in fact, the U.S. women have been paid more than the men, uh, and therefore the women's during the time period that the women were alleging, and therefore uh, the case uh, was essentially thrown out. What are your thoughts on this, Kartik? Yeah, I uh, was disappointed by the ruling because I think that the the, the subsidy to NWSL and the subsidized salaries to NWSL is how the judge viewed the equal pay dispute or saying that, hey, the, the, the women's national team players have been effectively paid more by U.S. soccer because U.S. soccer has directly put money into NWSL to subsidize women's national team salaries. Uh, this goes back to the collective bargaining agreement that women signed. So I guess legally on a technicality, yeah, maybe the, 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 the case was ruled correctly. I think it violates the spirit of, of the fight, the spirit of what's been going on. And I have to once again bring up Soccer United marketing because uh, the NWSL, a lot of the defenders of U.S. soccer, and even in the wake of the judgment, the um, the MLS fanboy, for lack of a better term, you know, I, I can't find a better term than that to use. That's what they are. Um, we're pointing to, well, U.S. soccer subsidizes NWSL, so they make more money. They don't do this favor for the men's game. Really? We've been through it on this show time and again, Nick, how the money that is being generated by uh, the women and the men's national team, for that matter, in media rights, in marketing rights, uh, is going directly into the coffers of Major League Soccer via Soccer United Marketing, via a no-bid contract, this no-bid agreement they have with, uh, with, with, with U.S. Soccer. So, uh, again, I, I guess if you don't factor in Soccer United Marketing, okay, maybe in theory the women have been paid more. But you cannot escape that issue. And the, the, it is so frustrating, Nick, because that issue seems to be taken off the table. And I guess U.S. Soccer had clever lawyers, although, again, their lawyers did a very bad job from a public relations standpoint. That's why nobody was happy with this ruling outside of that small cadre of MLS fanboys again. Um, they've done a, a terrible job in the PR uh, on the PR side. Maybe legally they had a tight argument. But then I would urge the court and urge the women to talk once again about Soccer United marketing. Because once you factor in all the money that's going into the men's game directly from the work of the men's and women's national team, going into a men's professional league, excuse me, not into the men's game per se, but into, the me into a men's professional league, there is no question the U.S. women are getting screwed. And quite honestly, so are the U.S. men. Yeah, it's an interesting issue. I mean, look, the, uh, the, the other point that the judge made was that uh, the women wanted this contract as part of their collective, collective bargaining agreement, that it, there were portions parts of this women's contract that were not contained in the men's contract, in other words, health benefits, maternity yeah. benefits, uh, a whole bunch of other things that were specifically asked for by the women. Uh, and I think the judge basically saying, look, you need to go back to the negotiating table, and if that's the contract you want, the same as the men, then that's what you should negotiate for. And, and I do sort of see his point, but on the other hand, I sort of don't see his point because... I think if you look at this sum issue, which of course they did not look at, Kartik, 
um, you're only if if you carve out the sum issue from this um, uh, from this lawsuit, you're only seeing half the picture, Kartik. And of course, you and I have discussed on this show many times the fact that we believe very strongly that the U.S. women's national team is in fact the primary revenue driver for U.S. soccer, yes. far and away beyond uh, that of the U.S. men's national team whose success on the pitch has been so limited as of late. Yeah, uh, this is precisely the point. And I, and I think uh, the, the court, the judge actually found that the U.S. women had generated more revenue than the men, as, as we had argued uh, on this show for, for, for quite some time. That revenue is then being lobbed off. And again, the, the revenue, lesser le revenue, but still revenue generated by the U.S. men being lobbed off and being put in a men's professional first division. And that money doesn't trickle down into grassroots football. It doesn't trickle down into the second and third division. It sits for, me, for the consumption of Major League Soccer and Major League Soccer's owners. I do not understand, and I, I get from a legal perspective, in a courtroom you can de-link the arguments. But I do not understand from a public relations standpoint, from a uh, public debate standpoint, how Soccer United marketing argument and the discussions about Soccer United marketing's role in U.S. soccer are not directly part of this discussion of equal pay and, and the women's national team. It is the same issue. It is part and parcel of the same issue. This uh, nonsensical approach from, again, I, I, I don't know what other term to use, MLS fanboys, to de-emphasize this and to pretend like the Soccer Mar United marketing issue is either non-existent or not linked is very disingenuous and is creating, I think, a false narrative out there. Yeah, I think it is too, Kartik. Of course, we'll see what happens next. The women are going to be appealing this, uh, this uh, summary judgment, um, whether or not they win. My, my gut feeling, Kartik, is that they probably won't win. And, and I'll have Bob Caldwell on the show. Uh, you and I can bring him on and talk to him again from Fox Rothschild. Uh, we can talk about uh, this uh, lawsuit uh, with Bob. But, you know, it seems to me that the judge's ruling was, was fairly well thought out and was founded on fact. I think it's just an issue of perception. Of course, uh, while the U.S. Uh, while U.S. soccer may have, quote, won the lawsuit, uh, there's still a trial to be had in terms of uh, equal facilities on travel and other such issues. Although my understanding is those have already been negotiated anyway. Uh, while U.S. soccer might have won the lawsuit, they've certainly lost the PR battle, got it. Yeah, I, I think people were angry. They were shocked. Uh, they were dismayed by this ruling. Uh, I, and I think a lot of it is not just about the women, but it's about U.S. soccer as an institution, U.S. soccer as a governing body, U.S. soccer as uh, someone who has lost uh, an entity that has completely lost the public trust and who instead of pivoting into a, uh, a, a more moderate position, if you will, has continued to uh, dig in, be obstinate, uh, fight these lawsuits, take a government loan from the CARES Act. I, I, I mean, that, that to me, we're, they had $150 million surplus. They then take um, bailout money from the federal government, and, and the narrative is all these lawsuits have essentially bankrupted them. They were sitting on $150 million. I don't know. A year and a half that. ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, I believe they still are, and of course, it was all in an investment fund, and uh, you know, we know how 
uh, reticent U.S. Soccer have been to tap any portion yeah, of that Yeah, they stuck fund. it in a subsidiary fund. Uh, so it's either sitting in Soccer United Marketing or there's some CA 2000, uh, 20, whatever year it was, 2016 fund, Copa America 2016 fund, where they've left all the money to make it appear like they're broke. That's in case I think they lose these lawsuits and they have to pay damages. They'll claim they're broke, and now they've taken a government loan. Yeah, well, U.S. Soccer is a rotten organization. I'd like to see it. Uh, I'd like to see it condemned, along with the rest of Soccer House, torn down, and a new institution take its place. Something truly transparent. Something that's accountable to more than just the muddied interest of Major League Soccer. All right, Kartik Krishnaya, thanks so much. Always an interesting discussion. Uh, we're talk we have, of course, been talking about the U.S. Women's National Team's lawsuit. Uh, we'll be right back after this. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Fifth Street Soccer, presented by BetOnline.ag. And look, if you're uh, waiting out this pandemic at home and you're listening to this show, and uh, I know you are every day, uh, I thank you for that. Uh, outside of the incredible fun you're going to have uh, listening to this show and participating here at Fifth Street Soccer, you can have a lot of fun as well uh, betting online at BetOnline.ag. Uh, look, I know there's no NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, Premier League, Bundesliga, Serie A, uh, you name it, Champions League, Europa League, the World Cup qualifying. There's none of that stuff going on right now. And, of course, the Euros postponed as well. Uh, so you may think there's nothing to bet on. But, look, Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino and a huge poker room as well, as well as a blackjack room. Uh, and sports, of course, not totally done. If you consider these a sport, you can do eSports, you can bet on American Idol, Big Brother, the elections, the spelling bee, table tennis, Belarusian Premier League. Uh, of course, they have the $750,000 poker series as well. They're still fun to be had. Go to betonline.ag, use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag. Use the promo code MYPOD100, uh, betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. Welcome back to the show. It, it really is great to do the show, and, and I hope that you're uh, enjoying it. And I would like to also make an announcement that uh, we're very pleased to announce that uh, we have been renewed by uh, SiriusXM and Dan Patrick Sports for another year. Uh, bringing you entertainment here on Sirius XM 211 and, of course, the Sports Byline Broadcast Network as well. Look, a couple of things happening in the world of football uh, outside of just the, the big, big stories, of course, which is the pandemic response, which is the corruption at, uh, at uh, U.S. soccer, the corruption at FIFA, the shutting down of the Development Academy. I mean, these are all obviously huge stories. First of all, I would like to take this opportunity uh, to express uh, my sadness at the passing of Leeds United legend Norman Hunter, who died at the age of 76 as a result of this insidious uh, coronavirus, uh, uh, coronavirus illness, COVID-19. Uh, he was a member of England's World Cup winning squad of 1996. He won two league titles and an FA Cup with Leeds United, and he did not live to see Leeds United promoted back to the Premier League, which is, in my opinion, where they belong. Leeds, one of the, the great clubs of English football. And uh, look, yes, they've gone through a terrible time. The last 20 years or 15 years have been really awful for Leeds United. It's longer than 15 years. Actually, now it's 20 or so. Uh, they had you know, awful ownership that destroyed Leeds. Ellen Road was became um, uh, a 
commodity that was sold forward into the futures market basically put the club into bankruptcy and and they have tried and uh, to recover and come back and they are now poised for a return to the premier league i think so much is going to depend on what happens with this discussion uh, that the premier league clubs are having about how they're going to conclude the season we'll see how that goes but uh, once again very sad about passing of leeds united legend norman hunter um a couple of MLS stories sort of percolating out there. One is an interesting tweet that was put out by DeAndre Yedlin, who basically tweeted out that essentially uh, promotion and relegation in Major League Soccer would make it a more serious and competitive league. And look, he played for the Seattle Sounders before he went to Spurs. Um, and he um, went, obviously, for, to Sunderland, to Newcastle, uh, where he is now. And, and it's interesting to me because, you know, you've got a guy like Yedlin that stands up and makes this statement. This is a guy that's played in MLS. This is a guy that is as American as they come. He's gone over. He's played in England. He, he gave some really, really interesting insight into his tenure at, uh, at, uh, in England uh, at the start of it. He was depressed. The first six months were very difficult for him. The pressure was almost too much to bear. He, he considered coming back. He said at that point it just wasn't about money anymore. Uh, but after that six-month period, he sort of got over the hurdle and uh, really is enjoying it and enjoying the competition. But his point is well taken. Major League Soccer would make, uh, promotion relegation would make MLS a more serious league. And one of the things that Yedlin says specifically is that um, it, it, it just increases the pressure on every aspect and every game. Every game is a must-win game. And it is interesting to hear some of the response uh, from, the, from Twitter. Robert, uh, Robert Burns, who you may remember being in World Football Daily, uh, says it's an interesting that the article omits his views on understanding the financial implications of it here and why it won't work. And the part about games meaning more, every game matters, question mark, bollocks. Plenty of dead rubbers in games mean more because football means more. It's culture. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure I fully agree with Robert here. I do agree with him, by the way, in the point that financially, given the American model, promotion and relegation today won't work. And, and, and for those in the promotion and relegation department who think we just uh, flip a switch and that's it, you come up from uh, uh, USL and you, you go into the Premier League or you go into MLS or, or whatever it is, uh, that is just uh, unrealistic thinking. However, I think there needs to be a pathway to promotion and relegation, and we need to set ourselves on that path. And I'm going to loop this back in to where we are today in the coronavirus crisis, where Major League Soccer is looking at you know, 28 markets that they're in, and outside of those 28 markets, the league has no relevance whatsoever. Unless the league is willing to expand into every single relevant market in the United States, which it may be, I don't know. It's going to be very, very difficult to garner support outside of your local team, which is why, for example, the television ratings are so appalling for Major League Soccer because outside of your local market, there is very little interest in the league. A and there shouldn't be, there should be very little interest in the league because where the league sits today, and by the way, MLS uh, fans, please don't get upset with me. I mean, this is the truth. 
where the league sits today, it is not a top quality world league. If, I, if I'm not in a market with an MLS team, if I'm not vested in supporting one major league soccer team because they are my local team, Let's say I live in, um, let's say I live in, um, I don't know, I'm trying to come up with a, with a city here. St. George, Utah, or Las Vegas. Let's say I live, well, I do actually live in Las Vegas. Say I, I, I live in Las Vegas. There is no Major League Soccer team here in Las Vegas. So where would my allegiances lie? What would drive me to spend two hours out of my day watching a Major League Soccer game on television when I know what I'm watching isn't the best league in the world by a long shot, where I know what I'm watching is second or third-rate professional soccer. And again, no disrespect, the Premier League is the Premier League and the Champions League is the Champions League. Why would I watch the uh, LAFC play um, uh, New York Red Bull when I can watch... Liverpool play Man United or Spurs play Newcastle or, you know, a relegation battle between, say, Norwich and Bournemouth. There's, there's no reason that I would do that uh, because I'm not vested in it. Now, what promotion and relegation does is it says to me, well, maybe you want to be vested in it because Las Vegas Lights, my local USL team, well, you know, if they, if they continue on their, you know, seven-game win streak, and it's an example, well, of course, sorry, sorry, Eric Ronaldo, uh, <laughs> they could finish top of, the top, of the top of the USL championship and be promoted to Major League Soccer. Well, then all of a sudden, I get a lot more interested in MLS as a league. And as we come out of this pandemic lockdown, whenever that may be, by the way, uh, MLS has now announced or are expected to announce uh, that there won't be any league games, I believe, until... Uh, sometime around the 30th of June is what I'm hearing, although I, I may be wrong, so you'll forgive me for that. Um, June 8th at the earliest. That is being reported now. MLS now makes reporting from Wednesday official. No games until June the 8th at the minimum. They're going to come back to what? A shortened league? They're going to come back to a shortened league with no TV ratings. No one outside of those markets are vested. Look, the ones that I really feel bad for uh, is, for example, uh, the guys at uh, Inter Miami. A brand new franchise just set up, just starting. You know, don't get to play. And, of course, MLS right now asking their players to take up to a 50% pay cut. A and uh, I will say this. I feel very bad for the MLS players because they, they don't make nearly as much on average as players in, in, big, uh, in other world leagues that are, you know, in very rich countries. But, um, you know, what MLS has done is said no one under 100,000 will be cut. Uh, the base that you could be cut to is 100,000. That's kind of the baseline. And, and so that's good. And they're hoping to save 150 million. But then I'm thinking to myself, this is a league that is taking an overinflated rate of 300 plus million dollars to add a new franchise. Are you telling me that you're going to put this much burden on the players? Maybe you should make that pay cut a little less than 50%. Maybe you should make that cut pay cut 10% or 15% because they're not the highest paid players anyway. I'm not being super critical of MLS about this, by the way, because they got to do what they got to do. And I do agree, as again, with Robert Burns, that the current financial reality is such that it is unlikely that um, promotion relegation financially is going to work. But once again, we do need to get to the pathway of promotion 
and relegation. And you need to get to the pathway of listening to this show Monday through Friday, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports, Fist Street Soccer, presented by BetOnline.ag. By the way, you can also find us on our digital platform, so that's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning Sirius XM app, and as well, of course, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening, courtesy of the American Forces Network. It is such a great pleasure and privilege uh, to speak with our servicemen and women uh, as we do on this show. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Eber. Love to know what you think. Look, uh, everyone knows I'm an MLS. Uh, I am a, a critic of Major League Soccer. I don't like the league. It doesn't compel me. I don't really watch it. I do follow it, obviously, because I do the show. But look, talk to me. Uh, this isn't a one-sided conversation. Everybody has opinions, and a lot of the times your opinions are very, very valid. Love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. We'll be right back with more after this on Fist Free Soccer, presented by BetOnline.ag. Right, welcome back to Street Soccer presented by BetOnline.ag on uh, Sirius XM211, Dan Patrick Sports. Also, the affiliate stations and the network itself, the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, <clears throat> would like to welcome our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. And if you're listening on one of our digital platforms, whether that's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, or the award-winning Sirius XM app, we welcome you to the show we're with you every day, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, uh, talking the beautiful game. And if you've missed any part of this show, you can pick it up immediately upon its conclusion by going to our podcast network. Uh, visit us at the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast network, or just search your favorite podcast provider for Fifth Street Soccer, and you will find us there. You can get notified every time we post some new content for you, which is basically daily. All right, Nick Geber here. You can find me on Twitter, at Nick Geber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, with my uh, favorite guest and co-host, Mr. Kartik Krishnaya. You can find him on Twitter as well, at KKFLA737. Kartik, we've been talking about a resumption of sports uh, in terms of the Bundesliga. A couple of observations from my side on this, uh, particularly sitting here in the United States, as uh, I believe 47 states have announced some sort of loosening of their quarantine restrictions and attempting to start a return to normal. Of course, the big glaring hole right now is the sports landscape, where all the American sports are currently not playing. We're not seeing sports on television, although I will say in Full disclosure, Kartik, I was riveted the other day, absolutely riveted to the Cornhole Championships on ESPN, uh, which were played with masks and social distancing, I might add. <laughs> and if this is the sad state of sports in this country right now, it is a sad state indeed. That about to change in the weekend when one of the big German leagues, the Bundesliga, kicks off on Fox Sports. Kartik, let's talk about what this means for the profile of uh, the top-level European football. And let's not be myopic about England. Let's talk about top-level, top-flight European football getting the edge over all the other American sports and having essentially the stage all to itself. What do you think this means for the game? I think this is fantastic for the game. I think there will be some some degree of pressure to um, to 
uh, restart American sports because of this, but then there will also be sports commentators who are like, okay, I'm going to check out the Bundesliga. I'm going to check out whatever league starts after that. And I think that would be very, very big. Um, it also might tempt MLS to start perhaps before uh, they should. Uh, there are ideas floating out there about the uh, about potentially playing in uh, in Florida the entire league for a month and then having training camp and then a month of the season in Florida before home venues are ready uh, again. So uh, that would be in order, I think, to preempt any potential restart from the NBA and NHL. It's somewhat similar to the timeline for Major League Baseball that's being discussed, although I think because of the strength of the players' union in Major League Baseball versus the weakness of the MLS players' union, the, the, the just, you know, complete weakness of that union. Uh, the baseball idea is more um, presumptive, right? I, I think there will be some significant pushback, whereas MLS, who knows if the players just roll over and, and, and do this. Yeah, I um, I have a hard time imagining uh, Major League Baseball returning under the framework that I've heard about, where they're essentially going to be moving players and families to either Arizona or Florida, uh, for essentially 80 games. Uh, and I have a real issue w with seeing the players' union agreeing to that sort of disruption of these players' lives and their families' lives. Now, clearly, once the baseball season is on, they travel a lot anyway. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that. But let's get back to football for a minute. Um, currently, uh, the rights for the Bundesliga are held by Fox, at least for the remainder of this year. It's going to be a big benefit for that you talked about mls their rights package kartik up in 2022 it's currently a fox espn combo package i wonder if this is going to enhance the value of it or reduce it because if the big european leagues kick off first and they have the american sports landscape all to themselves on television uh one would think that uh highlighting what is essentially a secondary or tertiary world league is not going to benefit the league in the long term. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's, uh, um, it's a real question mark because the, the thought was the value of that package that, that begins in 2023 or the, the package that will be negotiated to begin in 2023. A lot of thought was that the value was going to be high because of the 2026 World Cup right. being uh, co-hosted by the United States, uh, Canada, and Mexico. Now... I think the calendar is going to be significantly disrupted. I mean, I, I'm not sure that the 2022 World Cup, well, I guess that's a winter World Cup, so it might still happen when it happens. But um, there is going to be significant disruption to, to everything. And I, I, I don't know also uh, going forward how MLS um, is going to be able to, to regain the level of crowds it had and – uh, continue to sell expansion franchises in this climate. So when you consider that, they're going to need to net more for that television package. I'm not sure if they will. Now, do they turn around and look at international media and trying to get rights fees from international broadcasters as the way to offset that? Um, and again, we talked on this show repeatedly about the bundled some MLS U.S. soccer package. Uh, if there's some disruption to that, uh, via, and I think this is important to note, we talked about it uh, the other day on the show, but we're gonna, I'm going to mention it again here. There are a significant number of people in women's soccer who um, they, they, they really see some as the bad guy. They think their money is being logged off into some, and even though some try to, uh, some would say generously, help NWSL uh, 
last year during the Women's World Cup and after secure a sponsorship from Budweiser, gets get on ESPN for the remainder of the 2019 season, NWSL, led by the independent women's clubs, the owners that don't have interest in MLS also, uh, were very anxious to move away from that arrangement. And they made a deal with a different uh, media partner in Octagon, uh, a high-end media partner, right, that represents all sorts of uh, mm-hmm. um, entities in, in, in the world of entertainment and sports. And they got a deal with CBS, which MLS, it's kind of deal MLS hasn't been able to get for themselves, right? Some hasn't been able to get for MLS. So um, we haven't seen the first NWSL game on CBS yet because of coronavirus. But um, to me, that was pretty interesting. That showed there was uh, a lot of unhappiness, which I knew about anyway from talking to folks with some in the women's game. Now, if that spills over into the U.S. package uh, and U.S. MLS arrangement or U.S. some arrangement, that could affect MLS's rights fee. They're going to need to get a certain amount of money out of this, I think, Nick, and they, and they may not get to that mark. Well, interestingly enough, Kartik, CBS is uh, bulking up its uh, sports offering as they get ready to launch, or they have launched CBS Interactive, but they get ready to make yeah. a much bigger push. I mean, uh, if you're not familiar with the streaming wars, uh, CBS Interactive has a lot of very high-end, expensive programming that CBS produces that are exclusive to CBS Interactive, like, for example, Star Trek Discovery, which is a very big-budget television show uh, that is exclusive to CBS Interactive. Uh, They've acquired the Champions League from TNT, and and if I might say, thank God for that. Um, Yes. and, and And they intend to place all the Champions League matches on CBS Interactive uh, at what is a bargain basement price, I might add, of five or six bucks a month or something like that. I mean, I happen yeah, to like cheap. CBS Interactive. It's very cheap and it's good quality. So this would definitely uh, fall in line with that strategy. Uh, but, you know, the more I think about this, uh, the more I think that MLS are going to be badly hurt by showcasing games with something less than current top-level world talent in empty stadia. Because one of the selling points of MLS, quite rightly so, over the decades, has been the incredible local support that these teams get and have got for the last, let's say, 12 or 13 years. They've been filling stadiums. That is a huge selling point for Major League Soccer. And when you do watch the games, the atmospheres have improved enormously from the days when it was soccer moms and their kids blowing vuvuzelas, making playdates on the phone with Brianna, uh, while the game is going on around them. That those that era is long behind us. But if you take that atmosphere, uh, the dynamic atmosphere, away from many of these MLS stadia, you're left as what is essentially a second-rate league with a lot of old over-the-hill players playing in it, and it doesn't have quite the same uh, a- energy to it, Kartik. No, it doesn't. I, and, I, and I think what... Uh, what you end up doing then is you you, you focus more than on the uh, the level of play, right? And what's going on on the pitch. I think one of MLS's advantages has been recently when they've had matches in Atlanta, when they've had matches in Portland, when they've had matches in Seattle, yeah, it's terrific, uh, and some it? other venues, Kansas City, that people focus on the the crowd and the aesthetics and and uh, the, the supporters energy, groups. the energy and, and the atmosphere, and the energy, which yeah. has yeah. been terrific. Listen, I I am an MLS critic, as those of you know. Uh, not that I don't want the league to succeed, I do, but but that you have to give them kudos where where it is due. And there are some franchises that have dynamic atmospheres in their stadium now. 
Yeah, and very traditional European feeling atmosphere. So I, I would say Portland. I, I I say that about Orlando. Atlanta, Atlanta, come on. Atlanta, it's been fantastic. Yeah. yeah, you know, it feels like you're watching a Bundesliga or a Premier League or, 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 or Liga match in, in, at some time, points in terms of the atmosphere, not yeah. not the play on the pitch. So, but if you take that away, then, yeah, yeah, then you're you're exposed. You're badly exposed, and I think that that's that's something that uh, MLS has to worry about. And again, this goes 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 back to the calendar argument. I don't want to get too deep into this. And I guess maybe that's partly because of television, because summer is easier to show games in the American sports landscape. But part of the reason MLS's quality of play is what it is, is because they're playing in the hottest months of the year. It's just absurdly in some places where it's, it's, it's inhumanely hot and they're playing football in this, in this weather. And you, uh, you wonder why the game is so slow and labored. That's part of the reason. But um, any discussion of changing the calendar, which I think would, be advantageous from a television standpoint. Uh, it gets blocked, gets shot down. So they're they're on this calendar, and I think it's going to be tough to get a, a better deal on this calendar. Yes, I think so, Kartik. And, of course, the danger of the restart is now they're going to run smack up against the National Football League, who I will tell you unequivocally will start and will play. Yeah. Um, college football they won't, which is, uh, which is lucky. Uh, college football will not start when it's supposed to start, and and I don't know when they're going to play. And I and I will say this: uh, I know we're running out of time, but uh, I I've got a sort a couple sources in athletic departments telling me college basketball may not start till December, and they might just play conference games this year. So even the basketball season, which is kind of a year out from when the because obviously the NCAA tournament was canceled, uh, is still going to be impacted by the pandemic or the or the, or the knock on from the pandemic. So uh, I think college football will be affected. That's a break for MLS, but NFL will play. Maybe Major League Baseball will play in some form. The NBA and NHL will resume. And uh, we're saying Serie A, uh, La Liga, Premier League will resume at some point, And Bundesliga has already resumed. So that's a lot of competition. That's, that's yeah, a right. lot of trouble that's for MLS. A, that's a big, big squish together sports landscape. And again, uh, come uh, June, July, MLS not used to competing with European football leagues uh, other than perhaps big tournaments, which would be Euros yeah. this year, would have been the Euros this year. But of course, uh, those have been postponed. But they would have used the event. Euros to try and win fans because what they would have done is they would have scheduled double headers. They did this with the Euros in 16 and in 12, where they have an MLS game broadcast on right after a Euro game. They won't have that luxury. So it's right. actually going to hurt them. Yeah. No Euros. All right. Well, we certainly wish everyone the best, and uh, we, we wish the best for Major League Soccer and the European leagues as they get to restart. Uh, we will be covering and following this story, obviously, and don't forget this weekend uh, the Bundesliga returns. You definitely want to check it out and enjoy it. All right. We have to step aside. Kartik Krishnaya, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll chat to you, Thank you in the next day or so. All right. We'll be right back after this to wrap it up. Welcome back to Street Soccer. Nick Eber with you. We are presented by betonline.ag. It's great to be with you. We're with you every Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. And look, if you've missed any part of this show, never fear, my friends. You can find it. Our podcast is made available 
immediately upon the conclusion of the show. And you can find us at the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V, the Believe Podcast Network. A funny song, that, Sham 69. Of course, hurry up, Harry. Uh, only funny because, well, <laughs> no one's going to be going down the pub till at least 2021, according to the uh, UK government. That is the latest that I have heard the pubs are slated to remain closed for that long. Look, I hope you enjoyed the discussion. And uh, that's what this show is about. It's about opinions and discussions. And uh, look, everybody has a passion and an opinion that they believe about, something that they believe in passionately. And this is the show for that because football and, well, uh, quite frankly, any sport, they're all about emotion and passion. Love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. That's at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Uh, very important that you uh, communicate with me so that you give me lots of topics to talk about because, of course, while we are uh, slightly slower in terms of the live sports these days, and that's an understatement, uh, it's the stories around the sport, the continuing drama, the soap opera that make it oh so fun to talk about. All right, uh, Believe Podcast Network, that's where you will find me, uh, B-L-E-A-V. Right after the show, you can download this show, you can download all our past shows, and you can sign up so you'll be notified every time we post a new show. But we do hope you'll join us live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM211, Dan Patrick Sports. I want to thank everyone involved with this show for putting it out there. Look, we all have to show up and work under trying circumstances, or stay at home and work under trying circumstances. But I want you to stay safe at home. Don't be stupid. Stay away from this boogeyman, all right? And we'll get through this together. Till tomorrow, cheers. Three, five, seven, nine, on the work line. Motorway sun coming up with the morning light. Whiskey sitting pretty in a two-wheel stallion. This song said tough, Larry got a beat on you. Ain't no use sitting up with a bad companion. Ain't nobody got the better of you. No. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.